This is Good Cover Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, who is still bleeding. Good thing he's wearing the black shirt instead of the white trunks that the FTR boys decided to go to with all the blood in that match. Uh, Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Uh, We will get to ROH. We will get to WWE. We will get to AEW. But the biggest news right now going on in the wrestling world is the potential return of Vince McMahon. I I thought we were done with this. I thought he had retired. But rumors and reports are out there that he feels that he was given bad advice and that he thinks that his allegations would have blown over with time. He would have been fine. And now there are reports of Vince potentially looking to get back into power at WWE. Gentlemen, what were your initial thoughts when you first saw the story about Vince wanting to come back and run things in WWE? Well, the first thing is, is that if you watch that Vice documentary, or if you're already on the inside knowing what's going on with Vince, that was a huge disappointment. It was so like, bad. That, I mean, listen, it's, it's so like... Bad. It's the, here's a piece from Dark Side, another piece from Dark Side, another piece from Dark Side. It should have been labeled Vince McMahon through the eyes of Vince Russo because he's the took best up, of Dark Side. That's all yeah, it was. was the best. <laughs> like, yeah. constantly in the upper right hand corner, they were like crediting different Dark Side of the Ring like shows. Like, what are we doing? Like, none, none of this is original. You just clipped together old shows <laughs> and pretended this is new. I know. Got 100,000 people though, so it worked. Yeah, yes, barely eclipsing impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good job there. It was, it was great to hear Vince Russo's thoughts about Vince McMahon. That's what that was, right? Bro, yeah. he was a genius, bro. Now to Dark Side of the Ring. Bro, I'm telling you, bro. The Attitude Era was the greatest, bro. Now to Dark Side. I mean, that's what it was. Um, but And they didn't even I, keep a consistent timeline. Like, they jumped all over the 90s. They, like, went forward to 99, went back to 94. Like, like uh, All right, but that's not what we're, that, that's not what we're talking about. I'm no. sorry, Jay. Like, no, we had to take a shot because if people – like, if you don't know anything about Vince, that was very interesting to you if you saw that for the yep. first time. But for us, it's like, is there anything new? And what's new is that there's new allegations that are out there that's going to come out about Vince McMahon through the Wall Street Journal. And just because Vince McMahon is such a fighter and just wants to be able to push back on this, this is why the rumor and innuendo is out there that Vince wants to come back. And I think that if you are, first of all, uh, a stockholder, if you are on the board of directors of WWE, you're probably thinking, why would you want that mess back uh, in Stanford, Connecticut? There's no need for it, guys. And so I'm sure that he's bored. Uh, I'm sure that he wants to get back in there. But all the allegations trail him. Things are working very well for the WWE. Everything that we read, everything I hear is that it is harmonious there. People love what's happening with WWE post-Vince. And for him to return, uh, that wouldn't be a good idea, bro. It's especially when things are going in the right direction for the WWE. And I think the publicly traded part is the important part. Melcher did mention in the documentary, like, there are times if you say something to Vince that isn't true, he's coming after you. All this stuff, he's just sort of quiet on. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, too. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And Meltzer does note that Vince still has voting power, but because they are publicly traded, that ultimately doesn't mean anything because it can be overrode. But rich old people don't like being told what to do. That's what this comes down to. We know he didn't want to go out. We know he went out kicking and screaming. Now he thinks, hey, I've done my time. Let me back at it. 
there's no way this is ever going to happen. Like, it's nice that he wants to, but at this point, I feel like it's more likely he just starts another company at this point. Yeah, I don't know who it's nice for that he wants to, right? Like, I don't know who it would be nice for. I just, I, I like, I, I have enjoyed the product better uh, since Triple H has taken over. And I know we'll dive into some Triple H era stuff because Raw didn't do a great number this past week. I don't think that's necessarily Hunter's fault. But it's amazing since he left, like, we were so high on AEW coming out of double or nothing. Like, really high. Like, okay, this thing here really has some momentum. And the second half of the year, AEW to me is kind of, eh, they've kind of coasted a little bit. Where WWE, like this invigorated some things. This really, you know, with Triple H taking over, it really gave people hope for, you know, WWE kind of turning some inconsistencies around within WWE. And I just don't see this actually happening. Like, I, I'll, I'll give it because it's Vince. I'll give it a 10% chance. Because it's Vince and and maybe Stephanie and Hunter and Nick Khan feel like they okay we got to be you know it's Vince so we got to do whatever we can to help him out and get him back in, but why would and you talk about board of directors and stock stockholders and all that, but most of their money comes like most sports leagues through TV deals. You think USA and Fox want to associate themselves? with somebody who is going to be going through what Vince is going to be going through with some of the lawsuits that he's facing. I, I just don't see, I don't see NBC universal and I don't see Fox standing behind WWE. And that's, you know, now all of a sudden the board of directors goes, no, you stay away because you are going to cost us so much money. To go a little bit deeper in the weeds. So Vince McMahon is part of the board of directors for WWE. But the point is, though, is that when they go to a vote again, they have to vote on whether or not uh, they think that Vince is good for WWE and for him to be back into power. And so the question, bro, it's is like, who are Vince's allies? So mm -hmm. there's Vince and Stephanie. But do you want that back? Okay. Uh, you want him back? Kevin Dunn, the executive producer, also an ally. Bruce Pritchard, also an ally in that company. But the thing is, is that if you're Paul Levesque, if you're Triple H, you're thinking, well, this is mine now. You know, I'm running it. Like you, I can always use you for a sounding board. I can always use you for advice. But to have you around, and here's the difference. And again, we want to underline this, guys. It's a publicly traded company. You can't screw around here in the era of Me Too, and whether it's it, and clearly in this era, to have a guy like that around, to have him around. And there again, there's more to come. It's not mm -hmm. just Rita Chatterton, the referee. We talked about this earlier in the year about. Uh, the lawsuit there that was going on with her, a former uh, WWE, the first WWE female referee uh, accusing Vince of rape uh, in the back of a limo. I mean, there's more to come here. And so because that's coming, Vince might want to come back. Sure, he might want that, but still, it's not good for business at all. Right. And it's not like it's a one off where it's like one person. You're like, oh, well, let's presume innocent, you know, innocent until proven guilty. There are a lot of allegations. And when you have that money, which is essentially hush money, the assumption is that means he did something wrong. It's an admission of guilt at times. I do wonder, though, you mentioned him having his allies and being a sounding board. I wonder how much how many times those conversations have happened. Like, is Hunter or Stephanie calling him saying, like, hey, how should we do this? Hey, how should we do that? And is there a possibility down the line that we see Vince in control, but we don't know it, where he's almost doing it behind the scenes, where he's not at Raw and sitting in Gorilla every Monday, but he still has such an impact on the show that all of a sudden it sort of feeds his ego and says, okay, I'm still running this thing right now. 
I, I just don't, I don't see Vince's ego allowing that. Do you? Like if, if Vince gets involved again, he's not going to be this puppet master behind the scenes. Right. No, he's going to want to let everybody, maybe he doesn't need to be on television like he was, you know, 20 years ago, but he's still going to want to people. He wants people to know, Hey, I'm back at the helm here. Mm-hmm. And maybe because the, the public perception out there, at least I believe is that WWE is in a better place without him. My guess is that's a major blow to his ego. Oh, you think oh, it's yeah. better without me? Let me show you. <laughs> and, and he wants to get back into power partially because of that as well i could see that being the case but i i have a hard time imagining a scenario where he just decides to quietly be the puppet master behind the scene because that just doesn't fit anything that we know about vince mcmahon at all there'll be a section of the audience that would be turned off if they found out that vince was still in power in some way mm-hmm. shape or form i just i yep. mean simply i mean it's what it is you know one thing from that documentary we got to pull out though and again these are for those that don't know did you notice when they talked about him earlier in his career when he was trying to fund the Evil Knievel thing, the, like a closed circuit <laughs> pay-per-view thing? Come see Evil Knievel in this great flight that he's going to have, and it fizzled out and was awful. <laughs> I mean, everything that Vince has tried outside of wrestling has failed. Yeah. Now, I give him full credit for trying to have a football league or the World Bodybuilding Federation and all these other things that he's tried. He's tried, but he's failed. And I know that for him... He feels unfulfilled, like I'm just a wrestling promoter like my dad because his dad did, I think he did the Globetrotters. I think that he promoted wrestling for sure, maybe a little boxing as well. But Vince's niche is wrestling. I know that that makes him unsettled, that he hasn't been able to really be successful anything else besides wrestling. Or you don't think he's going to go back into the, the movie industry? I mean, you like any of those WWE films? Can you list your top five favorite ones? Oh, yeah. Marine 1, Marine 2, okay. Marine 3, Marine 4, Marine 5. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> he got you. You see that? Wait, isn't, isn't there one with Triple H in a school bus? I feel like where he has something to do with kids. Yes. I, I don't, I've never seen it. I just remember seeing like the poster being promoted and Triple H being on like the movie poster with the school bus. That's, that's all I can remember. He had like a Brock Lesnar kind of like lumberjack top. Do you remember that yeah. with his arms out? Uh-huh. I, I don't remember the name of the movie, though. It's kind of like the Suburban, uh, Suburban Commando 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Was it? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I, I got to look this up right now. I'm going to try to find it. Talks amongst yourselves. This he, is, he, there's he, a Kane horror film. The the Gabe won't be able to sleep. Yeah, there was a, that was in the documentary. He said a Kane horror film. But, like, that's the thing. Like, there's nothing else you can do. Like, you're an older guy at this point, And, like, yes, there's going to be a market that somehow will take you in. But, like, he needs to accept at this point. Like, you went public. Like, it is what it is. Like, yes, his ego is why he wants to go back. But yep. it's done. I think it's time to accept that already. The Chaperone, by the way. The ah, Chaperone is ah. the, name of the 2011 crime comedy film produced by WWE Studios. Starring I, got a, I got an idea, pal. The chaperone. <laughs> and then from there. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, but it's, so it, it's exactly the movie poster I was thinking of, of Triple H just standing there like this in the school <laughs> behind him. What was um, his shirt? Did he have a shirt? Did he have like a mustard? Is there a yeah, shirt? So, there? Yeah, so like, the, uh, I'll see if I can, I, I don't know if we can, <laughs> this is going to be great here, but that's. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. You know, just the shirts rolled up to really show off the biceps. That's right. He looks like a big jacked up mechanic. Outstanding. (laughs) Love it. So that, so that, yeah. So there it is. Vince had had a movie house, and he's a wrestling promoter, and I think that that bothers him greatly. So 
he, I don't know where he is in Connecticut, Florida, someplace. And he's just champing at the bit to try to figure out, like, what else can I do in my life? Hey, man, how about relax with your girlfriends, yeah. you know, or whatever the heck that you're doing? Why don't you do that? How about <laughs> yeah, that? That's, that, that doesn't seem like that's something he's capable of, right? Like, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised it took this long for this story to come out. I mean, like, yeah, of, of Vince my- thinking about he wanted to come back. Like, right? Like, this... I, this we knew this story was going to happen eventually of, of Vince thinking he's going to try to work his way back again. I don't think he's actually going to do it, or he'll be unsuccessful in his attempts. But it's it's not shocking that this has become a story. Uh, the quote was this week is that he had bad advice from someone to walk away, yep. and I don't know who that is, but he had bad advice. What bad advice? You see what's going on? See, only, he's, he acts like he's oblivious, but all these sharks are around him that he was able to cause. He caused these issues. He's involved in these issues, and he thought he could just be able to pay this stuff away, and that's not the case. Right. The WWE is better without him. I'll say this. At times, it looks like Vince booking, especially over the last few weeks on Raw and SmackDown where you got skit here, skit there, in the ring, talk segment here, and there's very little wrestling. It reminds me of Vince in some ways, but I think that Triple H has a good hold on the future of this business for WWE. But I think that's part of the ego thing. Like They talked about it when everyone started jumping ship to WCW. All of a sudden, he played the victim. It's like, ah, oh, they're stealing all my guys. So, like, <laughs> it's that, that. Like, when you're that big and powerful, you can do no wrong. You believe the story. You believe who you are. And that's what this is. Like, oh, no, they gave me bad advice. That guy told me I should leave. I should have never left. Like, I would have overcome all this. It's like, no, it's been five months, and you've done bad things, and that's why you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on the story because it's certainly not the last time we've heard from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We move on to our other top stories in the world of wrestling. We like to call it the three counts. What do we have at number one this week? Saturday night, Tony Khan announced after Ring of Honor Final Battle that Ring of Honor's weekly show will air on Honor Club. No information on when the show will start. Says New Japan will also play a role. It'll be $9.99 a month. Pay-per-views. Not included right away. They will be on there 90 days after they air. So, guys, what do you make of the Ring of Honor? We'll call it a TV deal. It's so underwhelming. Like, this announcement was so underwhelming. Like, we finally, Tony Khan teased, like, oh, hey, Saturday, tune in. You know, we're going to have this, you know, we're going to, ROH, it's not going to be as ingrained in AEW anymore. And all they could get for it was something that already existed. You know, that's where the library for ROH exists. Honor Club has been a thing in the past. And I don't, I don't know if $9.99 is, I don't know if I'm going to be spending 10 bucks a month to, to watch a weekly ROH show. It doesn't seem that intriguing to me, especially if, if it ends up being what he's teased his vision of ROH being. Because when he initially, if you remember, when he initially uh, acquired Ring of Honor, he had one of those press conferences, and they were talking about, at the, at the time, NXT 2.0 versus the, the black and yellow brand. And he said, hey, we all love black and yellow, but for what WWE wants to do, 2.0 makes more sense of trying to develop their guys. So if ROH is supposed to be the NXT of AEW and be the developmental, yeah, I probably don't need to be spending 10 bucks a month to, to kind of tune into their weekly show. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't have value because it certainly does, but I, I was very underwhelmed by this announcement on Saturday. Well, to that point real fast, Gabe, like I remember it because it was after revolution, which was in Orlando. So sitting there in the room, he almost like pulled the room. We said, Hey, which NXT did everyone think is better? And we're like, Oh, the black and yellow. 
And then he said, which one do you think is better for WWE development? And everyone's like, oh, 2.0. And he's like, well, that's sort of what Ring of Honor will be, which at that time led to a lot of groans where it's like, oh, but no one likes 2.0. Like, why do we want to watch that? Here's what I think, guys. And I tried to make some calls on this. And I, I can't get anything about our Ring of Honor as far as information. But I'll say this. Tell me if you think this, this is a possibility. When Chris Jericho was Ring of Honor champion, I think that they were trying to sell the fact that, hey, we have Ring of Honor and we've got Chris Jericho as our champion to the, to the point where if he goes to TV stations or networks and says, our face of Ring of Honor is going to be Chris Jericho. Oh, from the old WWE TV? Hmm, that's interesting. Because this is no shot at Claudio Castagnoli. It's just, but the point is, though, is that if, if you have a choice between Claudio and Chris Jericho, people that kind of know wrestling, a little bit outside the wrestling bubble, know who Chris Jericho is. Mm -hmm. And so this is also the selling point for AEW originally, right? Yeah, you might know the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega internationally, but, oh, you got Chris Jericho? Oh, we're definitely in, right? I think that was one of the selling points for uh, Warner Media to know that Chris Jericho was part of it, a former <laughs> WWE talent. So I really believe that during that time, I believe that Tony Khan probably went to TV networks and said, Chris Jericho's our champion. Look at this guy. He's trying to uh, reimagine Ring of Honor. And he just couldn't get it to work. But the, my question is, is that, so you can find a TV network, but yet Jeannie Buss found women of wrestling on CW and doing well? You can go to them, I mean, for an, an hour show? You see, I'm not paying $9.99 for it. I'm sure there's going to be some banger pay-per-views that I'll watch, but I'm not paying $9.99. It's a week, right? Is no, it that's a month. $9.99 a month. So it would come out if they do four pay-per-views, it's $2.60 for the year. If you or, if you spend monthly and then order all four pay-per-views, that's $260. You know, see, here's what's interesting. You, bro, it's got a chance to see Ring of Honor TV in West Palm. Mm -hmm. And Gabe, you saw it in Milwaukee on the mm -hmm. regional syndicate on the um, uh, Sinclair station. Yep. We never got it in Chicago. Really? I never saw it because there was no Sinclair station in Chicago to be able to watch Ring of Honor. You guys watched it weekly. I never saw it. So with this honor club, it's like, okay, so now the consumer has to think, Peacock, Paramount, yeah. Disney Plus, Ring of Honor Club, do I, do I really want to get this too? So you got to decide from your, a money standpoint, do you want to be able to order this? And then what are you getting? You're getting an hour show out of uh, Disney? Right. That's what it is. They're going to emanate from, from Disney, right? Uh-huh. Yep, probably so, from Universal, yeah. I mean, and also you talk about the budgeting, like – you're also paying for AEW pay-per-views every few months. So like, it's another it? thing you're spending on wrestling-wise. And, you know, we talk about Vince being successful. The way the network model was and the fact that pay-per-views are included, he sort of spoiled us wrestling fans. We were like, I don't really want to spend on wrestling anymore. And AEW has been good enough to where we spend on the pay-per-views you want to. But the fact that like the pay-per-views aren't included in this, I don't see how this is being successful. But I think it also boils down to the fact that he almost crapped on YouTube. We're like, oh, Ring of Honor is too good for a YouTube show. Then no TV deal comes through, and it's like, well, I can't go to YouTube at this point. What else can I do? And there's Honor Club. Yeah, I, I just – it's going to be for the most diehard of diehard fans, right? Like, that's that's who's going to subscribe $9.99 a month because I think that's more than Disney Plus. To, to bring it up, Disney Plus, like right. – <laughs> Think of all the things you get when you <laughs> when you order Disney Plus and everything that Disney has their umbrella that they put on that streaming service, and and I understand that you know they're going to have the, the library and you're going to have access to the pay per views ninety days after, and maybe there's a a New Japan Pro Wrestling thing on it because that that was 
thin on details and, and he was yeah. very mysterious about it the way he kind of talked about, it. oh, you got to wait till Wrestle Kingdom. Going to have some more announcements there. But even if New Japan is somehow involved in this, I, I can't imagine it's going to draw that many more people at $9.99 a month. Like the entry point, it's, it's just too much with the pay-per-views that they have, plus that, plus AEW pay-per-views. Like you're going to be making decisions if you're a wrestling fan of what you want to be watching. Whereas WWE, you don't have to make those decisions. Like you get for nine ninety nine, you're getting Peacock, which gets wrestling and everything else that Peacock has to offer. Well, I'll throw this back at you guys. Do you think he regrets buying Ring of Honor? No, because he had to block WWE from buying it. But was he just doing that to make Punk happy? No, I, I honestly believe that he wants to be able to build a library of his own. That's the other thing. Like with AEW, I, I love to see those banger matches, but they don't have the library or like the AEW network or AEW app for me to go back and watch those great matches. He did that as a play to block Hunter from getting it in WWE. That's what I believe. And it's a, it's a smart play. The only thing is, guys, is that when it comes to nostalgia in the library, and we should go into this as well, you know, WWE with Peacock, they're looking at this old stuff, and I've seen heard about this last couple of weeks. They're like, people are just not watching the old stuff. We're just going to start yeah. taking it down. The Mid-South, the NWA, Florida Championship Wrestling. All of a sudden, it's like, now, I like that stuff because if someone mentions, hey, did you ever see this match? I can go back and watch it, right? Right. But this is what ki is killing Peacock today. Like Peacock's losing over, you know, almost a billion dollars because people don't want to see, you know, old reruns of whatever TV shows from the 80s and 90s. They think that they thought that the nostalgia would hold people. And it's like, no, I'm not going to watch that. So even in the WWE, no. So the reason I mention this is because for Ring of Honor, they think they want to see Danielson against Punk from Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. It's like, yeah, I don't want to see that. People don't want to see the nostalgia. They want to see what's happening today. And so, I I don't also, know, so I don't know the value of the library if no one wants to see it. That's my point. And I think to that point, though, like, Gabe, you talk about, like, financial investment, but there's a time investment also. Like, live wrestling between WWE and AEW, that's eight hours of TV a week. If you want to watch Impact, if you want to watch MLW, if you want to watch NWA, there's a lot of other live stuff every week that can take up a lot of time. So who is going back to watch some of those older shows? So, like, why would someone sort of set, spend that time on it? It's just odd. And, like, the fact that you're not including the pay-per-views it feels like they were sort of waving the white flag on Saturday night, taking the belt off Jericho, putting the belts on the Briscoes, who they can't get on TV. Like, it felt like a lot of, like, well, we can't be on TV. Let's just, you know, be developmental. Like, congrats, Briscoes. You get to be the champs now. But I, I, I don't know what the long-term play is with the Briscoes because <laughs> the Briscoes aren't developmental. They've been around for a right, while, right? right. And, but if you can't put them on TV, I, I don't understand the purpose of necessarily having them. I understand their brand. Maybe they maybe they attract some people to Honor Club. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We're kind of, okay, yeah, we didn't get the TV deal. Let's put it back on Claudio. Let's kind of have all these different title changes on, on the show. But they 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 needed to include i think the pay-per-views if the pay-per-views are included in this suddenly it's interesting right so now well i'm probably going to spend they got three pay-per-views a year i'm probably going to be spending the 120 bucks on that anyway so why don't i just spend the 10 bucks a month and get everything else that's included and maybe check in on the show from time to time like you got you have to be able to you know appeal to your fan base and, and i just can't see this thing being all that successful and I think also the fact, like, we've talked about how lack of storytelling sort of hurts pay-per-views. The Ring yeah. of Honor shows would just sort of pop up. Like, all of a sudden, it's two weeks out. It's like, hey, Ring of Honor pay-per-view in two weeks. We're like, oh, okay. 
and then those shows they they deliver like saturday was a really fun show it's a great wrestling yeah. show and that was with no development so like you watch a show like that and you're like do i need to spend ten dollars a month to get that development to get even more interested or can i just enjoy this wrestling show and they've sort of proven hey let's just enjoy wrestling the development for the best match on the card was a different tag team showing up <laughs> four days before the pay-per-view issuing a challenge with dog collars. That was right. the development for the best match on the card. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that ring of honor is going to be a developmental organization. I don't even know why that I'm sure that there's something that Tony Khan talked about, like as you mentioned, NXT 2.0, bro. It's, it's not, that's not what this is. There's too many veterans in, in mm-hmm. uh, at least based on what we've seen on AEW TV, I see a bunch of veterans there. Like this is not going to be just a but that's what AEW Dark is for, isn't it? Just to be able to get developmental right. guys. So I, I like I said, it, it does not appeal to me, and it's too bad. All of us, all three of us enjoy Samoa Joe. We all like the Briscoes, we all respect uh Claudio. I'm just not paying extra to see him in front of a hundred people in Orlando at Disney. And like because if that's the weekly show, I'm not interested in that. Well, and, and also so aren't we seeing those guys on Wednesday chance. and Friday? Yes, we are. So, like, that's another reason we're like, I don't, like, outside of the Briscoes, we're probably going to see all these guys still. Like, let, let's just take a look at the, the ROH current champions. Like, none of them are de- developmental. Claudio's not developmental. Athena's been around for a while. Uh, Briscoes, obviously. Uh, the uh, who just won trios champions. Um, the embassy with Brian Cage. The embassy with Brian, with Brian Cage. Yeah. Like, yeah. those guys have been established for a long time. And then Samoa Joe, like nobody there is like a young developmental champion other than, other than Wheeler Yuta. Like you could maybe, maybe talk about Wheeler Yuta being that as the pure champion right now. Now imagine again, if you found a network, some network where people could say, yeah, I'm going to tune into this every week because it's different than WWE or AW. It's just a different, and this is where you're missing it, man. You're putting it behind a paywall of something I've never had by the, by the way, I've never had, the uh, Ring of Honor Honor Club. I've never had it, and I'm not. No. I don't think see myself getting it now. Bro, it's you get into the uh, Good Karma Fund. You watch it every week. You report <laughs> on it. <laughs> We're not watching. Listen, Gabe and I are too busy. We don't have time for it. No, I, I mean, agree. The financial thing. Like, if you could write a letter to my wife saying, like, "Hey, I need to spend another two hundred fifty dollars," then maybe I can pull it off. But like, <laughs> I agree. Like, I don't know how to pull it off otherwise. <laughs> It's like nothing, and this is nothing against the talent. It's just like right. you know, I really believe that they were shopping it. Just like, hey, Jericho's our yeah. champion. What do you think? Uh, more wrestling? I don't know. And then, of course, we're trying to figure out in, uh, online. People were going back at me on GKW underscore wrestling about what time it would be. Because think about it, like, where's the open slot for wrestling right. in prime between eight and eleven Eastern and Pacific? Like, that's tough. Where, yeah. where, where are you putting it? Yeah, I mean, it would have to, again, if, if they could have somehow found a deal the way, and I understand Sinclair used to own it, so it was easy for them just to put it on their stations as programming, and it wasn't necessarily accessible to everyone. But it was on, like, it would be on a different time for me here in Milwaukee versus Brian down in Florida. Like, there are just times where I'm flipping through channels like, oh, I guess Ring of Honor's on, and it's, you know, 7 o'clock at night, or it's 2 in the afternoon on a Saturday. It was very inconsistent, mm-hmm. but at least you could set your DVR and watch it. You know, if they could come with a deal, or you, know, you, you talk about the women of wrestling, you know, and, and you know, with, with Jeannie Buss and what she's been doing. Like, 
yeah, that's that that is going to be inconsistent times as well. But if you set your DVR, you can still catch it on a weekly basis. I think all three of us have it at different times. If you go to your DVR and look at it, I think it's it's six o'clock central on Saturday nights on the CW network in Chicago. And it might be different for you guys too, yeah. but I feel it's Saturday afternoon for us, a little bit earlier is, than six. Is it really? Yeah, See, yeah. But I, it's think so. I think well. on noon Eastern. Yeah, because I always remember when like you're flipping through looking for college football games, you're like, oh, there's wrestling. Like it was just very confusing always. Corner <laughs> WrestleNomics is doing very well. It's, it's beating Impact. I know it's another Impact joke, but I'm just it's, it's actually true. They're beating Impact, so right, that means well. that uh, Mrs. CM Punk is doing well yeah. and creative for that. Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're going to have our award show next week. The way you're just ripping into Impact, I figured you're going to have Impact as your promotion of the year. So I, this is this is going to be a major upset, the way you were just absolutely just ripping apart Impact this week. This is different, this is different the, from you. Wrestling moment of the year where Bobby Fish says, where's the lie? And nobody responds. <laughs> in front of nobody in Louisville. <laughs> where's the lie, everybody? Hello. Yellow. <sighs> <laughs> That's outstanding. What do we got? What do we got at number two on the three count, Brian? All right, we talked about NXT 2.0. Well, Tuesday night, the 413-day run as NXT Women's Champion was ended by Mandy Rose, dropping it to Roxanne Perez. The next day, Fightful reports that WWE has released Mandy Rose. Reports say the officials were put in a tough spot due to content she was posting on FanTime, a site similar to OnlyFans. Was the WWE right to release Mandy Rose? So I'm going to work Vince back into this as well. <laughs> what are you doing down there, Jay? Oh, 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 please go right ahead. Don't, don't mind me. So if they're releasing Mandy Rose because of racy photos. <laughs> please don't mind me. If, if, right if they are releasing Mandy Rose because of racy photos that she posted uh, behind a paywall site, um, like... How in the world do you let Vince, Vince McMahon back? Like, how how do you like be? How, how can you balance both of those things? And it, from some of the reports that I saw, that this was a last minute decision to take the belt off her on Tuesday, then release her on Wednesday. That somebody had come to HBK with this, and and they kind of uh, earlier on Tuesday, and they kind of came up with this plan to to get the belt off of her. Surprisingly, on Tuesday night on NXT. WWE has tried to be more family friendly. Now I think they've, you know, we've we've heard rumors about them being more PG thirteen or uh, TV fourteen and going back to some edgier stuff that has never come to fruition. Those rumors earlier this year hasn't happened yet. So if they're still trying to put out there that hey, we're this family friendly product, then then I understand why they released Mandy Rose. And additionally, and, and whether you like it or not, like they've got the the. They have their own rule that other wrestlers gotten in, in trouble for about posting content that's not approved on other websites, whether it's a YouTube page, because that was a big thing with uh, the New Day in, in them wanting to continue their up, up, down, down page, mostly Xavier Woods. Um, you know, so this has been a thing within the WWE. So the more you dig into it, the less shocking that it is that Mandy Rose was released, at least for me. So, I mean, this is no surprise. I think you laid it out perfectly. Um, you know, she has her own page, and the WWE says it's a little, you're a little bit too scantily clad. You, you're not necessarily PG the way we want you to be. So, you got to be able to take it down. She said no. And you know what? 
the way Mandy Rose has been performing over the last year, I got to give her credit because she was um, – I didn't think she was very good. And I think that she's really – not just because she looks great. I think her wrestling has gotten much better. Just from clips that I've seen, we just saw her not too long ago in one of these shows where she looked really good. I'm telling you, bro, I think that she can go into independence if she wants to and be able to do well. And yep. she's not just some WWE superstar that's just going out there rolling around on the mat. She actually has improved over the last year plus. And so if she, I, I could see her coming back at some point, but I'm sure that she could be really red hot in the indies right now. I believe the original price, you tell me, I might have this wrong, was $9.99 or was it, was it 20 bucks? I think it, she raised the price on that fan site now because she knows she's in hot demand because now everybody knows about it. Well, that's the thing. So from a wrestling standpoint, I wonder how much that played in her mind where first saying like, oh, you know what? I can go now. Like there are things I can do. Tony Storm, when she left the WWE, she went on Jericho's podcast. She says when she was on the main roster working for Vince, she was making more money on her OnlyFans page. And her OnlyFans page was, we'll call it PG-13, whereas Mandy's is, you know, X-rated essentially. <laughs> so she was making good money doing that, and she had her clothes on. So Mandy's probably making all this money, and all of a sudden things like, you know what, I'm, I'm a decent wrestler now. So in her mind, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, you're violating contract. And it's weird seeing the social media reaction of, the, you know, free Mandy Rose, rehire Mandy Rose, like, she still violated a contract. They're telling you, hey, you can't do this. Hey, there's Mattel out there. There's a toy of you. You can't do this. And she still does it. She can't really play the victim card. But, you know, in the end, it'll probably work out for her. And it was weird to just sort of see the reaction this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think she'll do well, Gabe. I really do. Mm -hmm. I, I, because, But, I, again, it comes back around. They'll come to a negotiation, and it'll work out well. Um, the leader of uh, Phantasmo. Uh, Zelina well, Vega. Z Zelina Vega. She left and had and came back because yep. they came to an agreement. And so I think it'll happen again. But but Mandy should try her luck, man. Go on out yeah. there and see what's out there. And I think that she'll be making money hand over fist. And I think she'll be surprised at how much money she can make away from the WWE. When you mentioned yeah, Zelina, I like that should be sort of the example. Like that was something as simple as having a Twitch page. Like that was her playing video games and talking to people. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. Like. So she shouldn't have been shocked. I know the report said that she was sort of shocked because they moved up the title thing. It was a little anticlimactic because they put so much into that title run. But it was mm -hmm. a good match on Tuesday, and it like got my reaction. I was like, oh, a title change. That's sort of a big deal. But like, she shouldn't be surprised that she was let go. No. I don't. I don't think so. Because again, this is this has been something that's been out there, and and I know Triple H has been a little bit more. Mm -hmm. you know, relaxed on that rule versus Vince, right? Like, again, because you go back to Zelina Vega on a Twitch page, right. like, you're going, how can you not just allow them just let her play video games, man? Like, right. let her talk to people. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so Triple H has been a little bit more lax. But again, if you want to be this, you know, this this PG company, you know, it's, it's not the Attitude Era where they were cool with Sable going out there and posing for Playboy. Like, it's just, it's a lot different now, 20 years later. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, we know you've seen that one, Jay hood Like, everybody has seen that one. Everyone's aware. It's, it's nostalgia, pal. <laughs> no. Or like, or like Sonny was like the most downloaded uh, female, right. like, of, of, of all time, I guess, at the time, you know, when she was in WWE. Mm -hmm. But you know, but, but. Bro, it's it right, man. It's it's the rule. 
The rule is right. that that's not what you're supposed to do. And she was like, no, I'm not taking it down. So they said, okay, you're fired. I think from a wrestling standpoint, it's weird that she's like had this Roman Reigns like run with that NXT championship. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like she what she is well, where, where's the bottom line here where it says, is Mandy Rose one of the greatest women wrestlers <laughs> of all time? <laughs> My God, they got a fabulous Mula like run with the championship. It's weird. And like, also, it felt like they were. I know you guys aren't watching, and I just sort of watch in passing. They were setting up what felt like something with her and Nikki Bella. Like she's been wearing Nikki Bella stuff the last few weeks. Oh, which Bella is that? Is that the one that's on NBC? Not with Brian's. The... Oh no, the one, the one that was engaged to Cena. Yes. Oh, oh yes, yes. yes. Uh, Cena being a dick to her. I saw that video <laughs> just recently. <laughs> I saw that recently. Like Cena yes. being a heel. Did you see that, bro? It's, yeah. It's, I may, yeah, I just saw it this week. I never would watch Total Divas, of course. No, I, I just I just saw a clip of that of like she was cooking dinners and he was like, Yeah, I thought we were going out. Yeah. No, I want to make you a meal, John. Yeah, this sucks. Doesn't taste good. <laughs> Cena, where's that guy all my life? Cena, the heel. No wonder they broke up. What a bad yeah. guy. <laughs> She's trying to make a home cooked meal in this big kitchen. And he's of just, He's just out. He knows all that. Yeah, that's where he was the heel. Total divas. She was like, "Ah, I thought we were going out. Oh, this is uh, not good." Um, (laughs) And then, like, she takes the plate from him off. You know, as he sits at the table, she's taking the plate. I'm like, "Wow, Cena! (laughs) Wow, and every man about that." Somehow we got talking about John Cena off of Mandy Rose being released. Only on GKW (laughs) can you get great contents like that. What do we have at number three? Mr. Rose. Monday Night Raw this week saw a rating coming at 1.47 million. That ties the all-time record low on USA, which was set back July 5th of 21. (laughs) What? What are we laughing at? I don't understand. Oh, no. Broach knows what I'm laughing at. (laughs) Someone uh, among the three of us might have had to sit through that record low show on Monday night. So, guys, what changes would you make to the Triple H era if we put this all on him? Oh, no, 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 no. Before we get that, no, no, no. Lowest rate. Give me that number again. Just 1.47 million ties July 5th of 21. So a July 4th Monday, essentially, where most of the world was probably off celebrating the holidays still. Uh, and, of course, the WWE Raw emanated from where Monday? Huh. A-Town, Milwaukee. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, what a disaster of a Raw you guys were roundly criticized for being quiet. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Like, Raw wasn't actually that bad, but I will say this. <laughs> what? Yeah, Raw wasn't, wasn't that fine. bad. No, it was fine. It was fine. Adam Pierce. What, what was your biggest issue with Raw? It was just like a typical Raw. Like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't a special Raw, but it was no. fine. I don't think it was. It was. I will tell you this. It is certainly not the worst Monday Night Raw I have been to in Milwaukee. <laughs> All right. Uh, low mean? bar, I guess. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was so Milwaukee is the place where Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley had pretty much decided he wasn't coming back because that's when he was a heel and like he like was shown in the doctor's office getting the sh- the shot because he had to be you know vaccinated against all the dirty fans and he had the mask and that was the worst Monday Night Raw I'd ever been to like in Milwaukee that one was terrible that was god awful I couldn't like this one was fine it had plenty it had a lot of matches a lot of matches that were good I can't really defend us as a city 
as our biggest pop was probably for a hot tag for Akira Tozawa. Like that was kind of weird. Um, Brother, it was one of the worst, the worst raw since a holiday raw. And it happened to be in Milwaukee. No coincidence. <laughs> you guys were terrible. Terrible. I didn't have to say anything. I just laid, I didn't, I didn't tweet anything. Rose tweeted something. Like people that, that are doing like the live raw shows afterwards, like what's with this Milwaukee crowd. And, and but, but to your defense, what are you cheering about? That was not a great raw. You always get well, the, the, the middle of the road, raw, the middle of the road, SmackDown. Yeah. What, what, what were you supposed to cheer? Like again, another tiny balls joke from Miz. And Johnny and, and Johnny Wrestling, what was that also in Milwaukee? What are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, I, so in terms of like, I thought we got two really pretty good women's matches because Bailey versus Alexa to start the show was great. And yeah. Rhea Ripley versus Asuka was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Lashley versus Rollins, you know, so I, I feel like we had some decent things sprinkled in throughout. But yeah, like yeah, Judgment Day versus Tazawa in the Street Profits. Like again, like one of our biggest pops of the nights was when Tazawa got the hot tag coming in toward the end of the first hour. Um, yeah, Johnny Wrestling giving away. I, I, I wish they would do more with with Gargano. I, I don't understand what the hell's going on. Why he's just like playing second fiddle to this? Uh, he, he's pretty much become Dexter Loomis's mouthpiece. Like that's yes. basically what he's become during this feud of Loomis versus the Miz. I'll like say this again. Elias, if this Elias versus Solo Sokoa. Like, I mean, it was cool to see Sammy, but like, yeah, it was just a middle. It was just a middle of the road raw. And and the problem is, in terms of the number, I think it got like they're not building towards anything. Like they have this is this is WWE. This is Triple H somehow now being stressed to do long term storytelling. We just came off a stretch earlier this fall where they had like three pay per views in a five-week stretch where it was just event, event, event. And now they've got nothing until the Royal Rumble, which they still don't know what they're doing, so they can't really start to tell any meaningful stories. So they're just kind of churning the wheels and, and not getting anywhere. Also, just to know from a viewership standpoint, Monday Night Football is also lower than usual. Cardinals, Patriots. So I don't know if it's just maybe the holiday time, like people are out finishing shopping. But it is weird, and I guess to your point, Gabe, like he's essentially booking filler shows the next few weeks. Like that's why isn't this when they used to always do like the tribute to the troops? Where it's like, ah, no one's gonna watch it. It is coming. Well, tribute to the troops is coming up. They do. Uh, I saw that ever that was advertised on yeah. Raw Saturday afternoon, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care. It's just filler programming. Yep. I just, I, I just get a kick out of how low that rating was and happened to be in Milwaukee. <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of that. I mean, it, your your shit crowd in Milwaukee. It, it should have been in Madison. And that, that's where. It should, that's, 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 I'm just I'm just saying, like college crowd. They got would, would have been liquored up and having some fun at Monday Night Raw. You, I, I do not. It's not Milwaukee's fault. It's Vince McMahon's fault. It, because what's the difference, bro? It's in Washington D.C. and Milwaukee. They're just sitting there with their with yeah. their family, like. This is a really good show, and there's an arm drag takedown. Here's a drop kick. That's fun. And here comes Bianca. Yay! And I'm gonna sit here and just stare. That's the <laughs> yeah. that's a raw crowd, and I don't understand it. Like SmackDown will be here in Chicago on uh, tomorrow, right? You'll be there. Not going. What? Not going. I'm you not gonna do sit your there. part. I'm not in church. I'm at a wrestling event, and that's it. People are just sitting there. It's like uh, it's 
It's so brutal. But oh. as MVP told us, C-Town. Yeah, he did tell us the that. The kid behind me. The kid, I had a kid behind me who was just calling out every move. It was awesome. Like to see this little kid just him it, he's just like, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, he's going to do a superplex. Like he was super into it. And that, like, I wish everybody else had the energy of that kid because then we wouldn't have been made fun of online for being such a terrible crowd. But we were, we were awful. Like, I, and I, I don't know how to change that. I, I don't, like, I don't know how to change that because. Like when I went to the AEW show earlier this year, like that crowd, a it was sparse. Like it was not, it, they didn't do a very good job of promoting it. But it was, it was a little bit more raucous. It was a little more rowdy. And maybe that's just because that's what AEW wants versus the, the more family atmosphere of of WWE. But it's 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 in there. Like being raucous is in there. It just wasn't there on Monday. I mean, paint that paint that picture though, Gabe. As you sat there through match after match, did anyone say anything in that crowd? Were they just watching? Yeah, everyone's just watching. Yeah, every once in a while, just ooh, ooh, that was that was that was a nice flip off the top rope. Ooh, no. that was a very nice suplex. Did you see that? <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> you got to put it in Madison. That's enough of Milwaukee. You're you're we're, get, you we're getting a house show in March. Oh. I they always that. announce when the next one's coming back whenever you're at one of these things. So we're getting a house show in March. I got an email about that. I got an email that you got that's going to have a house show. Should be in Madison. What do you think, bro? It's, I mean, that, that's enough. I mean, like, but it's it's not Milwaukee's fault. I give them a hard time. But it's just like that's the typical, like, McMahon-era crowd where you're just supposed to sit there and watch. Hey, man, it's Milwaukee. Somebody wants to see somebody bleed. It's Milwaukee. Right. That's the thing. Like, there's nothing to cheer about. You mentioned Gargano. I said it last week. I'll say it again. If this were Vince booking, we would be ripping him the way he'd be booking Johnny Gargano. We're sort of giving Hunter the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's silly that Gargano's throwing out merchandise with Loomis right now. But, like, he's essentially doing nothing. He's being a manager, almost like, you know, Vince wanted to call up some guys like, I don't know, we'll call him Adam Cole maybe, and just to be a manager. Like, that's essentially what Gargano's doing right now. And there's nothing to cheer for on Mondays. So the, the biggest issue right now in the Triple H era is he. it seems like Hunter wants to do long-term storytelling, but he can't do it. He hasn't figured out how to do it yet. It not Again, AEW figures it out, right? Like AEW has four pay-per-views a year. So you should be able to figure this out. But the problem is that the two names, the two names that we keep hearing rumored that could potentially win the Royal Rumble, one's a part-timer in Hollywood that you're still trying to convince, and the other one's injured that you're hoping can be back in time with Cody Rhodes. And so right now you're just in limbo. You you can't yep. start building. So again, it's just kind of, well, it's the holidays. We're not really building towards anything. We got a part-time champ. We've got two number one contender matches. Does that interest you? <laughs> But what are the number one contender matches for the U.S. bleeping title? Like, I, I, it's and even that they, they, had they to need call to an figure audible. out. Like they did the What's whole that? "you're fired." They called an audible. They called. Oh, yeah. They did the whole "you're fired" thing with Lashley. Then reportedly, like, oh well, he's not fired because they don't want it to get mixed up with the Mandy Rose stuff. Who's actually fired? <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what just happened. Long live kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy Rose is really fired, and then like, you know, <laughs> you got the Joe Mandra said mother bleeper on the yeah. air. By the way, it's like, whoa, scrap iron. There's scrap, your edginess. How about that? 
Adam Pierce. Yeah, says, well, we, hey, we would have popped for that. We did not get to hear that in the arena. Had we heard, we had we heard Mr. Pierce yell "mother bleeper," we would have we would have popped for that. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yes. You know what? It's going to sound redundant to answer the question, but ultimately, the changes that's got to be made is to find real contenders. I mean, listen, If you, maybe the Triple H era really begins when they find real contenders or someone that can take the titles off of the Usos and Roman. Yeah. See, see that to, to me, that's what it comes down to, is that until you are able to go into the AEW roster and take some of those guys or find someone from Japan or try to shine up someone that's on your roster and make them a serious contender, then I, you know, there are no changes to be made. I just don't understand how 98% of your roster are just contenders or just guys that are just doing – men and women are just doing house shows. Nobody's a real contender. Kevin Owens is not really a contender. Nope. And I, like, and I, I appreciate the, the matches from Gunther – and I appreciate what they're trying to do with the U.S. title. It's kind of a, a little bit murky, but still, at least it's something. But at the same time, though, if you don't have real contenders lined up, even MJF's got t contenders lined up now. Even even he has a top ten that you, we all could see. Like, yep, that guy, that guy, maybe some from from ROH. There's some matchups that we could see. Where are the matchups for for the Usos or for Roman Reigns? Once we are able to determine who the real contenders are that can seriously take those titles, then it's going to stay stagnant. Yeah, I mean, it's the exact same situation. And I know we've talked about, we defended Triple H and the fact that he was put in this corner when you have both world titles on the same guy who's also going to a part-time schedule. That works against him. And even the wrestling seems to be taking a step back whereas guys going through the same motions. Like AJ Styles versus Gable, that was a good match. Gable, every time he's in the ring, is a good match, but 99% of the time, he's going to lose that match. And I know they sort of operate like wins and losses don't matter, but they do. When you're watching that guy lose every single week, there's no point in you like, you know what, maybe Gable's a contender. Because, like, no, he's just out there to be a jobber for someone. And, like, that's what's hurting their product right now. Well, they could shine up AJ, but, like, he's they, they yeah. don't put him consistently enough in the ring. And here's the other thing. So Triple H, I think, was able to survive for a little bit because he put the new talent in. He was injecting it, and you, oh, who's going to show up this week? And, and now mm -hmm. that's kind of settled down. But of all the people that he's brought back, who's who's still relevant? I don't know if that Russell votes um, story from this week is true, that Triple H is disenchanted with some of the guys he brought back. I don't know if that's true or not. I saw the same thing we all saw here. So um, is he mad at Hit Row? Because I, because can I just tell you, I never talked about it before with you. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, yeah, I don't I mean, know what they're not doing know. much. Like Cross yeah. well, is just sort of there. Braun the said, one. "What's up to Gable on Friday?" They had a well, fun so, backstage segment. <laughs> but but Karrion Cross is the big one to me because when Karrion Cross initially showed up it seemed like he was getting in line to face Roman Reigns, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was intertwined with Drew McIntyre as they were trying to build around Clash around the castle. And it seemed like Cross was going to be that guy. Oh, okay, here's a new here's a new exciting challenger. Here we go. And nothing since. Like he's 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 yep. kind of fallen flat. So if, if Karrion Cross was on that list, it wouldn't shock me just based on it looked like he was going to get a rocket up his ass to shoot him to the top, and now he's just kind of in the mid card. Yeah, and by the uh, way, Bray Wyatt, like, pick it. Yeah, I've said this before. Pick up the damn pace. You got to figure it out. Like, and that was the crowd was ready to pop when they thought that 
uh, Alexa Bliss was going to deliver the sister Abigail on Bianca Belair, but then she's like, oh, I don't know what that was. So it's like, okay, so we're going to still like drag this out for as long as we can. And oh, by the way, if she somehow goes back to fiendish powers, faces her while she has the fiendish powers and loses, like that just kills it all right away. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing with, with Bray Wyatt and whatever they're trying to build around Bray. You had a moment there, bro. It's even if it was just for a couple of months, should have put the title on Drew at Clash of the Castle. Should have done that, it. I feel like that would have been a moment that night, but like, does that carry long term? Yeah, people like Drew McIntyre. I mean, he they did, and now he's dead. He's as dead as oh, yeah. as anything else on that roster. But after Clash of the Castle, it killed him because the Kerry oh, yeah. Cross thing also wasn't a good feud. So I, like, I think what they screwed up is just not taking a belt off Roman. Like find a way. Like I look back at my notes and like the first page of this notepad from back in August, which was when Cross debuted, and the note I wrote down is like the reports are USA wants to have a champion on Raw. So all the reports were like, oh, Karrion Cross has been brought in to bring a world title to Raw. Put it on someone to where there's something they're chasing. Even if they're not going to knock off Roman, at least there's something they're going for. And I know they're trying it with the U.S. and the IC title. But even that, we're getting the same guys over and over again. Like the U.S. title is just Theory, uh, Rollins, and Lashley. Like we've seen that already. And they're falling into that same rut. And like maybe it's just we need to accept nothing's happening in December. We're going to hit January. We're going to hit Rumble time. They're going to reset things. But we need to just accept nothing's happening the rest of this month in WWE programming. And that's and that's fair. I'm just saying, like, yes, we keep saying that someone should take one or both the championships off of Roman. Who? <laughs> Who have you built up since Vince has left? Who? Like the, the only name I can give you is Drew McIntyre because I it they built it up to the point where you believed. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Like they built it up like his home country, all those vignettes they did. It's like, you know what? He can do it. And even if he's just a temporary champion give you something different to, to look at. So now, now the bloodline's going after Drew McIntyre and eventually they take the title back. Not the case. Like he's oh, on no. this great run and it's, it's, it's nothing against Roman, but you got to have an antagonist and a protagonist. And I just don't see that. We've seen Logan Paul. Really? I mean, that's all you can do. So oh, no. what's, I just, I, I don't understand. I just, what's I just next? had a realization is, is, is Sami Zayn like the closest like to being, is he is is Sammy the one? Is Sammy the only one they built up? Is is bro? It's right, Jay Hood. Oh, okay, yep, he's gone. Like he's gone. Okay, like I just had this realization as he was talking I mean, about it. Like who's it's it's Sammy. Facts. I mean, what up, my dog? Come on, don't call me my dog. <laughs> We got to speed through the rest of this show because that was a terrifying revelation. I don't know if Jay Hood's ever coming back. I don't know if he just quit the show. Um, but it, it might be Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying to think about. Uh -huh. I wouldn't think about it anymore, Jay Hood. Let's go ahead and move on to, uh, to news and notes. All right, guys. Bodyslam.net is reporting that Matt Riddle was written off of TV because he failed a second drug test. He's on his way to rehab. The first failed test is what led to their SummerSlam change when they pulled the him and Rollins match off. Just to note, because it has been thrown out there, the WWE does not test for marijuana. Hmm. So what drug is it, Gabe Neitzel? 
Who could say? <laughs> well, <laughs> who could say? You know, if you don't test for marijuana, then what else? I mean, do they test for steroids still? Doesn't look like it. Have you seen the guys in the WWE? Okay, so what? what's the problem? I mean, that's the way you write them off of TV. We talk about contenders. Is that just, is he a Tozawa type character or is he seriously a contender for a singles championship? Well, not, well, he's not right now, is he? Nope. Okay. And I can't imagine that they, if, if this report is true and he failed the second test, he won't be like, he, he'll be a fun side character that they bring out and they sell the 420 bro merchandise and they'll have fun. They'll have fun with that and they'll sell merch. But you can't trust him. You can't put a you can't put a championship on him. I think they've learned that lesson with so many other guys that have failed drug tests over the years that they they can't trust those guys even if they want to build them, even if they want to hot, even if those guys are hot. Like I think of, and it's unfortunate, right? Because dealing with substance abuse is unfortunate. But you think of guys like Jeff Hardy. You think of guys like um, like RVD, where. Hey, we we want to build something around you, but now we can't trust you. They've been burned in the past, and I can't imagine that they put anything meaningful on Riddle after this. But yet, Shawn Michaels still works for the company. Yeah, no, he's buddies with Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just uh, I hope the best for Riddle, and it, you know when we try to search and find like singles contenders. I mean, w w here's the thing. Beside the his histrionics in the 420 bro, that guy can go. He's mm -hmm. a, oh, yeah. a, an outstanding performer, but can't do it if he's not, you know, healthy and clean. So well, also from a booking standpoint, remember he can't challenge Roman. They wrote themselves into that corner. Like he had the good SmackDown matches. Like, oh, if you lose, you can't challenge anymore. I yeah, I don't understand that. I, there was no reason for that st stipulation. <laughs> Uh, it's it's no, the Cody AEW stipulation. That's that you what never to say, like, yeah. no. they had Cody on the roster. They didn't decide to consult with him. Like, hey, this is a bad idea. Uh, elsewhere, some WrestleMania news. WrestlingNews.com says a plan right now for WrestleMania 39: Brock Lesnar versus Gunther. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Main event. My chest hurts. My chest hurts thinking about that. Main event night one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I see title or no. You know what? Guess what? Brock will put him over. He will. As he should. And yes, make it a will. title mm -hmm. match. Yeah. Get it, give me give me good 20 minutes. Big guys chopping the crap out of each other. Yep. I'm I'm in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I am all the way in on this. Like I am very excited. I am hoping that this comes to fruition because this would be an incredibly fun WrestleMania match. <laughs> Brock, he'll get a couple of those chops and go, wait a minute. <laughs> real, bro? This is shoot? Yes, yeah, come on. Come on. Again. <laughs> one of my favorite Brock moments is when he caught a stiff knee from Braun Strowman, and he's like, Oh, okay, that's the way it's gonna be, and straight up punched him in the face. Yes. Braun and like Braun like stumbled back. Like he caught him good. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to show people. It is yeah. fantastic. You can Google it, YouTube it if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. Yeah, control that narrative, punk. <laughs> more details out on sasha banks reportedly has a limited appearance deal with new japan that allows her to work with other companies the deal reportedly makes her the highest paid worker ever for new japan making more than even jericho made in 17 and 18 working for them but oh. she's not promoted they released the entire card for wrestle kingdom she's right. not on there which kind of leads everyone to believe that she'll come in with the one women's match that's on like after to be a challenger. Right. Cause 
everyone still assumes she's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom early next month. Can you believe we're talking about Sasha Banks in New Japan? I know. It's pretty sweet. It's yeah. a, I know, I know, bro, it's Reddit, but I still can't believe it. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, but it has us to the point where before the show started, Brian and I were talking about, okay, how do we order this and should right. we order it? Right. Um. Yeah, we should. 2 yep. a.m. Eastern, get ready. Yep. Well, uh, Gabe and I are already up, so. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, absolutely. And I have no problem with reviewing that. It's It's their biggest event. And yep. I think, yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not watching it weekly. I read about it, but um, I hear that there are issues with booking, whatever. But to me, it's like anything else. You put in the ring, it's going to be fantastic. Right? Well, I mean, I that mean, show already, we talked about it, like Kenny versus Osprey. We assume there's going to be a Sasha Banks and Carl Anderson now on it. Carl Anderson, who is signed to the WWE, will be on Wrestle Kingdom this year. It's weird, isn't it? A little AEW <laughs> action, a little WWE, all uh-huh. within the same pot and Sasha Banks. Well, isn't isn't FT, FTR's on the card, right? FTR That's will defend weird. their tag team titles. So, like, very you got weird. Jay White versus Okada for the heavyweight championship. Like, there are a lot of really good matches on this thing. Yeah, we're going to order that. We have to make a promise. Got to make a promise that we're all going to order this. We're going to make it a promise. <laughs> I got to figure out how. The only time I've watched <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom live was to see Jericho and Kenny, and I watched that on Periscope. So, I, I just got to figure <laughs> out how to order it. Ah, the sneaky stream of Periscope. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'm hearing that just one little quick thing about Sasha. I'm hearing that she wanted, I don't know if that, if that's Lesnar money. She wanted to, whatever it is, she could not come to terms with WWE and, and triple H loves Sasha because they're both from the Northeast Boston. And he's like, okay, we can, we can try to work out something. Apparently not. Apparently not. So if she's looking for like this huge figure, I don't know the number, but I'm hearing high in the sky past Charlotte, Around Brock money, it's like, you know what? If, if it didn't work out, once again, Indies, New Japan, you can find money anywhere. WWE's not the end all. She can go someplace else, and I'm sure the door will be open for her if she wants to make a return. Well, I think you've mentioned in the past, Gabe, she's a big enough star now. She doesn't even need wrestling. Like, she can go other places and make that money, like working red carpets and things like that. So she definitely had the ball in her court, and now she's just going to do the things she wants to do, and that's going to include wrestling in Japan. Yeah, I mean, reviews were pretty positive for her um, acting appearance on The Mandalorian, which is one of those Disney Plus shows uh, in the Star Wars universe. So it seems like, yeah, she can do Hollywood, still wrestle for, on occasion. And yeah, she's she's a huge star. And I have no doubt that if she wanted Brock Lesnar money, she's going to figure out a way to make Brock Lesnar money. Whether and that's in WWE or elsewhere. Yeah, finally in news and notes, a new AEW signing. Action Andrade is officially AEW. For those of you asking who that is, well, you must not have watched last night because he beat Chris Jericho on Winter is Coming at AEW Dynamite in his Dynamite debut. So Action so, Andrade, all elite. Yeah, but apparently he's like one and one in AEW because he <laughs> lost on Dark to QT Marshall, which is the first time Jericho saw him and went, oh, I'm going to put that guy over. I think he's a star, and then decided to go and do it. You know what? What we saw last night was brilliant on a part of Jericho. It's brilliant. He can lose and still get over, and that's how great Jericho is. This all started, this whole idea was a George Scott promotion idea when Ric Flair was the champion and they brought in this young, fresh-faced kid that had a Hawaiian look named Ricky Steamboat. He wasn't the drag, he was just Rick Steamboat. Here comes this guy from Hawaii, Rick Steamboat. 
and Steamboat beat Flair on television, which was a big deal at that time. Like, how does this non-title match, how does this young Rick Steamboat beat Ric Flair? And it happened out of nowhere. No one saw it coming. The more modern uh, example is X-Pac and Razor Ramon. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I had saw X-Pac as, I don't, uh, what was he in World Class? I can't remember. But I remember seeing him in World Class. And I'm like, I know who that guy is. But for the WWE audience, they didn't know who he was. And he beat Razor Ramon. That did not surprise me because, again, I saw X-Pac when he was 18, maybe 17. Probably should have been wrestling that early in Dallas, but he, he did. <laughs> but this was genius. This was genius because you start all of a sudden you start seeing this kid, uh, kid uh, kick out of stuff. And it's like, oh, man, the crowd was like, wait a minute now. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. And they were behind it, baby. They was like, let's go jobber. Let's go jobber, right? <laughs> they were super into they, it. They were super into it because they are like, okay, let's go jobber. And they thought after a couple of those moves, okay, that's the move that's going to be one, two. Uh -huh. And he kicks out. And it's like, oh, my God. And so that's just that's one of the great moments, I think, this month where Jericho gets over even in a loss. The important thing, though, we talk about a lot with AEW, how do you follow up? Like, how do you keep pushing him up? And is he something or just like, oh, yeah, that was a fun moment. Like, we'll see in two months. Yeah, you won't see him again. No. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, well, you won't see him again, but he'll be, you know, he'll be on dark or dark yeah. elevation. Yeah, that'll be it for that. Remember that time he had that win against Jericho? Right. Yeah, that's it. Never see him again. Uh, that's rough. It is time, boys. What do we have? I mean, match of the week is pretty obvious, right? Like we're just we're just giving honorable mentions. I mean, yes, that's what we do so, here. Yes, because like, because I think we all were like look, the dog collar, the double dog collar was number one, right? You had a rough like, gushing blood. Like how do you? I was expecting. That? I was about to say at that point after the ref was bleeding, I was expecting Mox to come out and be like, <laughs> "Oh, guys are bleeding." Like, hey, I'm in on this. <laughs> I'm expecting Mox to run down. That ref was gushing. Like, that was innovative. Like, yes, that was one hell of a match. You know, we haven't seen that many dog collar matches, but that's the greatest one I've ever seen. It started with Valentine and and, uh, and Piper at Starcade. That was the first one I saw. We've had very few. But you know one thing AEW does well? Dog collar matches. Yeah, because Cody and, Cody and Brody one, right? were really good. That's What was it? It was Cody and Brody Lee. And there's like, MJF. Oh, yeah. MJF. MJF. Yeah. 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 They, boy, that, they got that match down. Uh-huh. <laughs> that match, they do that very well. There hasn't been a bad dog collar match in AEW. Nope. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's something that's very rare in the business, by the way. Very rare where you could find a dog collar match. Uh, and But that one we saw on Saturday was just tremendous. It's the best I've ever seen. Yeah, and to do it as a tag team also. Like, to have both things going. I thought the camera work was awesome. Like, where you oh, yeah. see both. Like, Every part of that was amazing. Like, we were talking about awards next week and match of the year. FTR, I feel like those two guys, you can list, like, their own matches of the year is the most difficult part. Like, forget everyone else. Like, they could be their own category. Match of the year or and then FTR match of the year. Uh, that 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 uh, was a shame. That should have been the main event. Mm -hmm. I felt so bad for Samoa Joe and Juice oh, Robinson. Yeah. There you was no bother in that. And it was – and by the way, that match was terrible. Yeah, because like, I couldn't think of anything else beside the dog collar match. Yeah. <laughs> like like that, that that poor crew that had to roll up that bloody 
mat <laughs> and clean off those ropes after all that. Like that sh- that shouldn't have been a middle of the card. That was main event. I knew that was going to be the best match. It should have been the last match. But everybody it knew it was going to be the best match. Like everybody knew. Like they've they've delivered the previous two times, and now you're upping the stakes and going, oh, we're making a dog collar match. Like of course they were going to deliver. Like everybody knew that was going to be the best match. I will say, though, we talk about weird times. Like, that show started at 4 o'clock Eastern. Like, I didn't watch it live. Like, it's a Saturday, like, doing stuff. I'm glad I wasn't watching that at dinner time, like, with the wife and kids around. I was like, oh, I'm sort of glad I waited to watch this. Like, like that was a little weird for anyone that watched that at 6 o'clock Eastern live. But whatever. Yeah, but the the kids would have loved the giant swing finish. Yes, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) And people, by the way, were were killing that, too. I thought it was brilliant. I was brilliant. I loved it. Yep. It puts the giant swing over, right? Mm-hmm. If that's going to be your your finish, if you get caught in that, and if you can't get out of it, you might as well tap out because it'll make you sick. And I thought is that it, was great. Isn't there a certain amount of irony, though, with that being probably the most sports entertaining move? And he puts over the, you know, the, the sports entertainer is the one who taps out to it. And, and uh, Claudio is this, you know, he's the pure wrestler. You know, he's not in that sports entertainment. But the swing is... I mean, it's it's the people's elbow. Like it's it's a sports entertainment move. Yes, that's why. Not Gabe saying Nigel it's not cool because it is. It's just yeah. I, I find that interesting. No, that's why Gabe Knight was a genius. <laughs> because me, because no one's brought that up. You see, you see the symmetry there. That's a great point. Never thought of it that way. So I think there are other matches though. Like as good as that match was, like I think we had a lot of good wrestling this weekend. Friday night, and I guess Mox is now Mister Rampage. Like him versus Takeshi to open the show on Friday, and Mox is again working Rampage against Sammy tomorrow. Like, that was a damn good match. And the other, I have two, and I don't think I've ever done this, two from NXT. Like, Saturday night was a good show. The male Iron Survivor (laughs) Challenge match. I was about to say, he's turning off his screen again. He's turning (laughs) off his screen again. I really enjoyed the Iron Survivor Challenges match. Both of them were really good. I like the male one more. And New Day versus Pretty Deadly. Jay Hood, you love tag wrestling? Go watch those guys. Go watch New Day and Pretty Deadly from uh, NXT Deadline this weekend. Pretty Deadly, Triple H and Sean from 95. That's what they're doing. That's who they are. They are. And now the New Day, the NXT Tag Champs. I don't get it. I don't don't know. Um, Yeah, we named named them all. I I have Jericho Andretti as one of my top three. Hmm, Okay. Funny, but funny. Well, we haven't had yours, Gabe, but is MJF... On your top three, the match from uh, Dynamite. Uh, I, I don't. So I. <laughs> no, it's hour. not. I. I. So I really enjoyed Rhea versus Oscar, and maybe that's just me, just completely enamored with everything that Rhea Ripley's doing right now. Like oh, she is. Both yeah, great. she's fantastic, and again, it, it kind of ties into because she's on Raw. And you have Bianca Belair on Raw. It kind of seems like they're heading to a collision course that ends at WrestleMania, which gives me no hope for the whole Alexa Bray Wyatt thing actually being being something. But Rhea has been fantastic, so I would put um, Rhea on that. And then, yeah, that Mox match was that Mox match was better than it had any business being on <laughs> again on a, on a random rampage. I, I don't know. I don't rampage. understand why they just decide, Hey, let's, let's just have John Maxley bleed on Friday nights. That's what AEW has decided to do because the numbers suck. How about yeah. this for an idea? Put some, some talent on rampage. Oh, the numbers from rampage are up. Well, no crap. Yeah. You put some <laughs> talent on there. That's why, that's why the numbers are up on rampage because you put some good matches on there. 
Moxley's so that, Mr. Rampage. I mean, I guess to answer your question though, Jay Hood, like MJF and Starks was good last night. Like to me, the most memorable part was the rope break, just how innovative that was. Like when he's pulling him back and he's pulling back his leg. Yeah. I don't think it lived up to the promo last week. Okay. It's a longer conversation, but I'll make it very <laughs> brief. Guys, and this is for everyone listening. It's not just for the show, everybody listening. When you see MJF Russell, the the um close of his matches, the finishes are all gonna be different. Sure, These are all 1970s, they're 1970s finishes. You saw after everything, did you think they was gonna end it with a roll-up for a three count? <laughs> because it's because it's not him in the corner going, ooh, ah, and then with a spear. It's not that, it's not WWE, it's MJF, and he's a crafty little little guy, right? <laughs> Guys, it's yeah. it's not gonna it's gonna be wrestling is going to be he'll do the dirty tactics he'll do whatever it takes to win but for for this generation of wrestling that looks like an opening match it was a fantastic match but mm -hmm. the finishes are not going to be like wait until he puts his finisher on because that's not what mjf is so that's, that's, that's I why there's a disconnect for you maybe but I, and I think he's kind of stolen that from cody because cody when he entered the independence had some matches like that i think of the first um when it was uh, all in before it was all out and he, he wrestled Nick Aldis and they did the 10 pounds of gold for the NWA championship that ended with more or less a roll up. Like it wasn't a big finish. And that was something Cody was doing on the independence and doing, and yes, he still has crossroads and he would hit that from time to time. But Cody certainly had a lot of, a lot of moments in AEW and on the independence where they ended in unexpected fashion. Right. It's not going to be a salt to the earth um, finish every, every match. Just it's just not. He's just gonna do dirty tactics to win. It's there were some mistakes made by um by Starks a few times. Yeah, as you saw. I mean, he almost dumped that guy on his head <laughs> twice. <laughs> so whatever you don't have house shows, that's what it looks like, pal. So so you brought it up. So what happens to Ricky Starks now? Did he did we think he stayed hot enough and Brian Danielson, you know, chased off? Brian Danielson raised his hand at the end of the show. Did is is Ricky Starks still going to be hot enough to potentially take on MJF again down the road? If it was in WWE, yes. In AEW, I'm not sure. That crowd in Dallas was really hot for that. They're hot for a lot of stuff, but they were hot for that match. They were supporting Ricky. I hope that he'd be around the corner for another championship matchup because I thought that the crowd helped Ricky be able to get another opportunity at that championship. That's the hope, but the way AEW is. Who knows? But I don't think they need to rush it. Like, I think he's still enough. Like, I mean, I threw it out last week. Like, him versus Jericho the next pay-per-view. Like, that should be the move. Like, let him continue to rise, and you don't need to rush it. Like, I think he might have shown that maybe he's not quite ready, but he still, like, is there, and he still has some room to grow, which is the exciting part. <laughs> Absolutely. And we got so a big show... Go ahead. Yeah, next week, going to be a big show. We've got our awards. So uh, what we're going to be giving out next week, we're going to be naming our GKW Awards. We're going to have a male and female wrestler of the year, our match of the year, our feud of the year, moment of the year, event of the year, and our promotion of the year. We're going to be giving away all those awards. Excited to do it. Excited to talk about it next week right here on GKW.